0: I went to a
1: marvelous party. Max, most people don't even know the facts. The
2: underlying ideas don't have enough depth to last for the entire season. (laughs) Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time.
1: Fine, you first, Eric.
2: Tonight's live cast is streaming to you through the DinnerPartyShow.com with your hosts, New York Times best-selling novelists Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn.
1: Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to the live cast of The Dinner Party Show for Sunday, March 3rd, 2013.
2: Tonight, we will not be talking about the sequester, since it's just a blackmail scheme made up by a bunch of anarchists who are currently the only terrorists attacking the United States. And as you know, The Dinner Party Show does not negotiate
1: with terrorists. Mm-hmm. Also not being discussed, anything Mitt and Ann Romney have to say about Anything, including so-called reflections on their crushing defeat in the presidential election. Reflections which point the finger at everyone but themselves. Hmm. Dear Anne, while you blame the media for not allowing the public to get to know your husband for who he really was, we'd like to remind you that your husband didn't seem to know who he was either.
2: And tonight, we will not be talking about the fact that Christopher came in at any... Eight on the Out Magazine list of most eligible bachelors. We feel that this list degenerates the true integrity uh, of all of the... Excuse me. Excuse me. The hell we won't. All right, fine. But you've got 24 more hours of this nonsense, and then I'm done. Fine. Go on. And we will not be talking about or scandalized by the fact that Joan Rivers is a bitch. We kind of thought everybody knew that she was a bitch by now, mm-hmm. and while we love Adele and Heidi and totally oppose the whole Holocaust thing, which we absolutely think happened—we're talking to you, Iranian President Amandine—we really think that getting all worked up because Joan said something mean to try and get a laugh or some attention— Could be a full-time job, and we think Melissa should do it, so we're not going to.
1: We will not be talking about what the American Family Association's Brian Fisher thinks of anything, ever, anywhere, unless Mr. Fisher decides to put a dick in his mouth and shut the fuck up. And we don't care if Jennifer is getting married, though we wish her well,
2: or who Rihanna is dating, though we're listening to the police scanner to be sure she's okay, or whether or not Kim is divorced so that she can get married again because that worked out so great for everyone the last time. And while we are really sorry Robin has been sick and we hope she will have a full and speedy recovery, we are experiencing more than a little nausea ourselves over the way ABC's Good Morning America has shamelessly and relentlessly milked her bone marrow Transplant to boost their ratings. She's back. Hooray! Now, we hope that they will have the good taste to shut. Up
1: about it, we certainly intend to. As for everything else, it's still on the table, including my stellar ranking as number oh, eight on sake. Out Magazine's Enough list of the most. already! All right, well, maybe th- everything else is still on the table on tonight's live cast of the Dinner Party Show. Tonight's Dinner Party Show provocation will be provided by High Priestess of the Church of the Sacred Goddess, Honoria Rawthroat.
0: Great Goddess. Help us to rise above the evil suppression of a society lost in the patriarchal patronage of those other good old boy religions. Give us power over all those frightened little boys who are so intimidated by our sacred female flowers and so jealous of our powers of reproduction that they are willing to devote most of their time, religious beliefs, and legislative agendas to caging our vaginas and controlling our reproductive rights. We call on you sacred goddess to bring on a cold wave of female power to shrink those puny, fragile little sperm dispensers back down to a size comparable with the petty small-mindedness of their possessors. Guide us to remember that true power lies in the source of life and not in a joystick that can be easily replaced by a turkey baster and a battery-powered appliance. Goddess, bring your daughters together in sisterhood banish the competitiveness of reality show housewives and fashion magazines that fuel our suppression and allow the true majority, at last, to rule our woman.
1: I love her. Can we have her back? Right? She's so soothing. Well, I like that she plays such an elaborate guitar piece while delivering such an articulate and verbal indictment of the male species. We are a species, right? I always want to call us a race, and everyone's like, males
3: are not a race.
1: So, you think we're a species? Are we? What are we? So, you think men and women are two different species? Yeah, I do. One's from Mars,
2: the other's from Venus. I I kind of feel the same way, but I I think that since we have basically the same. I just said my first really, really stupid
1: thing live on the air, didn't I? I kind of think that, yeah. (laughs) You didn't want, you wanted to say it wasn't my first. I saw it flicker
2: in your eyes. Well, you know, I'm just going to let it hang there and let. Are the public decide? Let's
1: let our listeners decide. We're being joined by a lot of our fun folks on Facebook: Freddie Espinosa, Justin Simpson, Shelly Lloyd is excited. This is the first time she's remembered to tune in live. Henry Valdez, Samiko Salson. Welcome everyone to the Dinner Party Show. We're glad to have you as always. And, and
2: we'd be interested to hear what you think is the stupidest thing Christopher's ever said on the air. We're going to have a contest <laughs> and a giveaway. We're going to have a. I don't right. know what we're giving away. Probably but me from the look that I'm getting in the studio. <laughs> Ah. A slightly used co-host.
1: <laughs> slightly. <laughs> Gently. G- <laughs> Gently used <laughs> co host. <laughs> lightly rinsed co host. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, I'm very excited about our guest this evening. You are a big oh fan of Oh, my God. One of them. I'm so
2: incredibly excited. And I'm really excited to meet Patrick, too. It's the first time. Actually, it's the first time we've met both of them.
1: Well, I said, here was the interesting thing. And I think I said this on one of our so YouTube videos. So they could videos. be imposters. Or they could have been so offended by the not report that they left the studio in a huff. But we have made regular digs at reality television or let's let's play it safe at certain segments of reality television since we started the show and typically in the not report we always say we're not going to be talking about certain shows well it turns out jeffrey and patrick are devoted Fans of Apparently. those very shows. So we think it's a good idea, and we haven't told this to them at all, to have them sort of pitch us yeah, on the idea. They
2: may be sick of talking about it. <laughs> I don't know. Patrick they may want to talk about economics.
1: Patrick is known on Twitter as the Bravo-holic, as in Bravo reality shows. So he's going to talk to us about why we should not hate the Real Housewives. Until he passes out. Yeah. Because that's the holic part, right? I guess so, right? <laughs> He's all jumped up on reality bitches until he passes out. <laughs> Absolutely. So we're currently getting them wasted, so they should come on so nice and soft. So that should sauced. help, yeah. Absolutely. Good. Jeffrey Self, you turned me on to Jeffrey. Oh, my
2: God. Such a funny show. If you haven't seen it, it's called Jeffrey and Cole's Casserole. I, I happened into it on that Bravo is one of the most challenging channels. I'm not even sure, still... Logo. Logo. Sorry, you got me distracted there. Logo. It's one of the most challenging channels I've ever seen. It does this thing where you set it to record something, and then they just program whatever they feel like programming, and then that's what you actually wind up with on your recording. And I brilliantly, accidentally wound up having recorded... Jeffrey and Cole's Casserole, and I loved it. So then I became obsessed with trying to find it, but because it was logo, it only came on whenever they felt like showing it and not when they said it was coming mm-hmm. on. So it became this sort of ongoing obsession of mine. But some of the most brilliant, I think most of it's on YouTube now. Yeah, on YouTube, now. YouTube, and, yeah.
1: And YouTube, and Jeffrey has since, uh, I think he still works with Cole every now and then. They recently did a Christmas special when they did a movie together in New Orleans. New Orleans, Woo! Um, and, but all Listen of the a old episodes, the <laughs> <in
4: my era.
1: laughs> n- moment of New Orleans, uh, he's since moved on and begun working with someone named Brian Safi and they do YouTube videos together as well. They do this, this shtick of, of what is a celebrity doing right now? Like, what do you think Marissa Hargaday is doing right now? Have they done us? Room? They haven't done us. We're not big enough. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as we do that giveaway about the dumbest thing day. I've ever said, yeah. we have to go after, you know, somebody like Chris Brown if we're going to be really famous. Uh, so anyway, so it's going to be a very exciting show. I think we've gone after Chris Brown.
2: Have we? I, and we're not really famous. Is that all it takes? Because I really think we've kind of nailed that one.
1: Yeah, I guess we have. Well, we have, uh, once again, our newsman Breck Artery has Always a very special Always cutting report. edge reports, right? I think he's recovered from our Oscar special last I week. I think it
2: was a little hard on him, that mm. little L- son
1: L- listen, of Listen, a- listen, Jordan is back. Jordan is back, and and, and he's going to... I know. He's not coming to the studio. He's. You're damn right he's, no, he's not, not coming, coming to the studio. studio.
2: I never want that little he's son cal- of a bitch in the studio.
1: He, he's calling in. He wants to explain himself to you. He's <sighs> already sort of explained himself to me in great detail, and yeah. so we're going to go through...
2: Can't wait to hear this again. That's
1: later in the show, but we don't have to worry about that right now. Right now, we have a report from Breck Artery. Tonight, TDPS News Breck Artery is live from the smallest country in the world. Breck? Artery coming to you live from the seat of government
2: in the smallest country in the world, the aged. Duly elected leader here has just retired and the country has begun the arcane process of selecting his replacement. In the U.S., where fewer than 15% of the population can accurately name the Prime Minister of England, arguably our closest ally, it is ironic that so much legitimate news coverage has been devoted to the only vaguely democratic process of the retirement and selection of the replacement for the leader of a country that is smaller than our National Mall. Yet, day after day, in a time of war and enormous social unrest in our own country, national news sources continue to focus their ceaseless attention on the last remaining few square blocks of an ancient empire so long departed that even our best reporters do not report or even seem to realize the connection. Why, then, does the appointment of the titular and almost entirely symbolic leader of this tiny relic of a country whose largest export is likely postage stamps hold such a surprising fascination for the insatiable appetite of the American media? Perhaps it is because the U.S. government is in year five of the most tedious and ill-advised hostage crisis since Dog Day Afternoon. Sadly, not fictional, this stalemate, brought about by warring factions in only one of our two principal parties, has hobbled the country, slowed our economic recovery in a time of crisis and reduced the Congress and Senate of the most powerful nation in the history of the world to a corrupt punchline. Fueled by avarice, political self-interest, and craven disregard for the country they allegedly serve, the obstructionist factions and the leaderless cowards who cannot muster the guts to throw the reprobates out of their party have used Senate rules to prevent that body from functioning at all and turn the House of Representatives into a bad and repetitive circus act. Afraid to take action for what they say they believe and unwilling to accept the political necessity of compromise essential to governance for fear they will have to take responsibility for actually doing anything, they have eliminated results through complete inaction and held this country in a stasis of political expedience. By dealing only with a single crisis of their own invention, over and over again, these anarchist obstructionist charlatans have lost the interest of the news media and the public, while earning almost universal contempt and disdain. Lost in a fantasy of popular support and succeeding only through political hucksterism and naked vote manipulation, these modern-day courtiers further alienate a public more and more hostile to their continued refusal to accomplish any of the important duties that these corrupt officials were called to perform. In short, maybe the Pope isn't the only one who should be retiring. If it's any consolation, leaving office in a cloud of disgrace is apparently a great way to get the press's attention. Till next time, this is Breck Artery, wishing you good night and good dinner.
1: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. The Dinner Party Show will be the judge of that. Don't try this at home. We're professionals, right?
2: <laughs> we started wow. talking
1: before the chimes. Uh-oh. We could have just played that. It's stupid night here at The Dinner Party Show. The head of the network will be down to
2: give us such a hard time here at TDPS.
1: Yeah, good. May I'll hand him some of the bills. Um We have people on the Facebook page saying that that is not the stupidest thing I said, the thing I said earlier about males and females being a different species. People are pointing out to a line I made a few weeks ago that was uh, citing certain studies that said every other random child you see on the street is a ghost. There's actual studies of that? Well, see, the difference is that that was a joke as opposed to what I said earlier, which was just plain stupid and not meant to be funny. I
2: once said at a sort of a town hall meeting into a microphone where we were talking about alternative ways of raising money that, um, They were talking about maybe recycling, bringing in Mm -hmm. um, cans. And somebody had said that a ton of aluminum cans, you know, brought in a certain amount, which is $200, let's Mm -hmm. say, or whatever. And somebody else said, oh, my God, who would want to have to deal with a ton of aluminum cans? And I said clearly and in a good loud voice into a microphone to a crowded room full of people, oh, a ton of those aluminum cans wouldn't weigh very much. for those of you listening at home it would weigh a ton that would that was what was pointed out to me and yeah you know in retrospect that seems clear but in the excitement of the moment.
1: I, uh, yeah, so absolutely. So after making fools of ourselves <laughs> on our bored own. with that story because it's not about show. him. <laughs> I don't know if you all heard, but I clocked in at number eight on the list of Out Magazine's oh, most eligible God. bachelors. That
2: bitch, Chris Koffler, kicked your ass again. You
1: know what I said? This is It's been a week of if you shoot too high you get taken down or, or if you spot it you got it, as my friends like to say because I was about to unleash some rant on somebody in the thick of the campaign season for this most eligible Bachelor's list, Campaign things get really, get re- really heady because basically the whole thing comes down to who's got the biggest pull on the internet. Because if you can, if you can put it out there, okay.
2: <laughs> I didn't think that was where we were headed there no. for a minute. <laughs> no,
0: that's, that's what a it different comes down magazine
1: because it's an internet voting thing. So. Chris Coffler won last year. I think Chris Coffler's adorable. I I think he's great. And Um, very talented. And very talented. I think it's fine that he's number one. But he he won both years in a row because of the enormous female fan base from Glee. Because he has a television show. Right. But it's all these girls go on and they're... Probably straight, and they vote for him, and he goes right to number one, and they leave comments in the Facebook comment section on the voting ballot itself. Yeah, I paid attention to what was going on, okay? I know all the details of this. You were reading the comment section? I was skimming the comment section. somebody else's votes? No, it was—they were all on the the ballot itself. Anyway, so I was getting ready to make some snarky comment about how girl gleeks were rocketing someone to the top of a gay bachelor competition, and— It occurred to me that I was sitting at the spot that I was primarily because of female Anne Rice fans. So I decided to shut my fucking mouth. Until you got on the radio. Until I got on the radio and, uh, you Decided know. to start talking about it again. Yeah, absolutely. So you've decided
2: against saying something horrible about that. Any final thoughts, Eric Shaw, <laughs> Your favorite dismissal That's of favorite me. my favorite Do you feel a cold, bigoted wind blowing in from the east?
1: <laughs> I do, and it's in our news package. I swear to God. I... What happened in
2: Eastern Europe I and don't Russia don't over the know. weekend?
1: The Lek- weekend? It's been going on for months.
2: Walesa Lek- Lek- is like this icon of democracy and equality he's a nobel peace prize winner right and he uh, said basically that not only should gay people go to the back of the bus but they should go behind a wall at the back of the room that they should accept their fate as minorities and like not expect anything much out of life and that he would never change his opinion about it
1: the direct quote they have to know that they are a minority and must adjust to smaller things and not rise to the greatest heights the greatest hours the greatest provocations spoiling things for the others and taking what they want from the majority I and mean, this is was he drunk
2: i we, the, the thing that people continue to seem to to miss it would seem to me is that you know, I, I would think that in many places, probably most places, Polish people are a minority. Everybody is a member of some minority. I think right. we need to, like, outlaw marriage rights for Polish people or for sure left-handed people or for Mormons or so that people understand what they're actually saying. You can't just pick— some group of people and say you you don't get any rights because of some crazy thing in my religion or whatever I, Catholics I don't know probably Catholics are a minority in many places they they say that um, Lech is a big Catholic
1: boy and that he's a deeply why conservative he's... Roman Catholic and a father of eight but he was also Poland's first democratic era president and has won the Nobel Prize right I, I mean, mean he was
2: somebody if it had been many other people I guess I wouldn't have been been surprised but for it to be somebody with such a reputation for being this gold standard for democracy and for equality.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Also, in uh, 2011, there was apparently a watershed moment in Poland when a new progressive and anti-clerical party, which I'm not going to be able to pronounce correctly, but I believe it's the (laughs) Palakot They can't pronounce
2: it correctly either.
1: (laughs) It it entered parliament for the first time and a transsexual, and that's the language in this article. I I thought we called them transgender personally, but it says a transsexual and an openly gay man uh, took parliament seats for the first time in Poland's history. And this is... His Wallace's response apparently to that event. Because
2: they took them from somebody I, that he j- wanted more or I, I, it is. I in, just, it's it is insane. insane. Well, you know, ignorance and bigotry always are. I just I I am surprised that people continue to try and justify their beliefs. I was reading also. I, Venice is trying to sever ties with sister city Saint Petersburg because the Russians are even worse than Lake Yeah, I don't.
1: I don't know what's going on in that part of the world to, to cause this. Honestly, Russia has been notorious now for months. They they have a new law. It is an anti homosexual propaganda law, which apparently will fine you sixteen thousand dollars if you are uh, found guilty of distributing propaganda of sodomy, lesbianism, bisexuality, and transgender. What does that even mean? Do you want to know who they tried to go after? Madonna. Madonna did a concert in Russia as part of her M D N A tour and did something that was perceived as being supportive of gay rights. Something, yeah, I, I believe after... appearing on her M D A tour. Which probably... Madonna entered Russia,
2: yeah, which was in support of gay people and things gay.
1: My favorite part is this article says among those affected by the legislation were pop stars Madonna and Lady Gaga. Really, are they both currently sitting in a Russian prison? Like, how affected were they by bigots in Russia getting angry at yeah, them? Yeah, I'm sure they were very upset.
2: I, my question is if that's That's really a problem for you. Why did you book Madonna and Lady Gaga in the first place?
1: Well, again, I think this is an instance of a really bigoted minority acting like it is a majority opinion and getting loud and getting some voices in the government and and, and appearing to exert more influence than it really does. Okay, but here's my favorite thing that's going on in Russia right now. Okay, there is a new law or there's a new procedure that they're trying to put in place in the Russian military Uh. (laughs) that inspects soldiers for certain tattoos, which may give an indication of whether or not they are gay. Okay, and I'm not making this up, and I did not download this off a porn website. This is actual text from the handbook that's being distributed on how to implement this policy. Quote, the reason for getting tattoos could indicate a low cultural or educational level. If an influence by external factors is determined, for example, persuasion or direct coercion, this indicates the malleability of the young man, his disposition to submit to another's will. (laughs) It's like, also available kidding? on nifty.org. <laughs> I swear to God. Like, I don't understand. Is this an identity crisis that's happening in a lot of post-Cold War nations where they just – there's a segment of the population well, that is – I love
2: that in order to combat against homosexuality, they're recommending that people inspect other people's genitals for tattoos. Yes, absolutely. like. Absolutely. There's, because that's not gay at all.
1: No, no, it's not Could gay. Could I see at your
2: all. junk, dude? I want to see if I want to try and determine if you're gay.
1: You might be gay, so I need to see the tattoos that are hidden and only visible to your sex partners right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I love this part about Venice, and I think that's a good uh, It's a good thing to close out this segment, which I, I called this segment, These Aren't Bellamy. <laughs> or Bellamy, as I like Bellamy. to call them. If you don't know what I mean by that and you don't know what Bellamy is, it's email just, me privately yes. or, you know, the joke's not for you. Uh, but yes, the city of Venice wants to cut ties with its sister city, St. Petersburg, over the fact that Russia has passed this anti-gay propaganda law, and I just love that. I think it makes Venice even more wonderful. It's always sad when sisters fall out. It just (laughs)
2: It really is. It's sad. It's sad, and we'll be talking more about sisters falling out on all those reality shows. Well, I guess if they want to talk about that, or we'll talk about whatever. Jeffrey has a new book out called Fifty Shades of Gay, which may actually include inspecting people's junk. For uh, may
1: a tattoo inspection, and it is available for sale in our store. And if you purchase things through our store, you are supporting the Dinner Party Show. We're doing everything we can to keep this show free and and widely available. And yes, you're supporting Jeffrey. The book has already been declared a bestseller, so it's very exciting. Jeffrey congratulations to but now we have a word from one of our sponsors and I believe Tuan Queen of the Stars will be up right after that I can hardly wait neither can I Did you like this year's Oscars but wish they contained more name calling Would you have found Jennifer Lawrence's ball gown stumble more gratifying if someone had pushed her Then you'll be thrilled to know the suddenly forward-thinking producers of the Academy Awards ceremony have decided to drag Hollywood's most increasingly turgid evening kicking and screaming into the future. Next year, in order to keep all of you fine folks at home awake for the entirety of the show, the Oscars will be held in one of the most hostile and threatening environments known to humankind, Twitter. That's right, next year the Academy Awards will be held entirely on Twitter. Sick of the plastic smiles on the faces of the nominees when they lose? Imagine how much more authentic they'll be when they're in the privacy of their own homes, typing their unvarnished reactions into their smartphones with their tray of cocaine within easy reach. Who's hosting? Who cares? With everyone weighing in at the same time believing their every passing thought carries equal weight, who needs some boring, neutered host to keep the proceedings on track? No, we'll just be tossing out the names of the winners in every category and letting all of you at home say as many horrible things about them as possible until all of Twitter's servers start to crash. Want to see musical performances? We'll direct message them to you along with every real or possibly real nude photo of the performers in question. So mark your calendars and get started on those carpal tunnel stretches for Oscar 2014. Brought to you by Twitter, everything you think, and a world full of shitty attitudes.
2: The Dinner Party Show, with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Soup's on.
1: And now it's time for Astrologic.
2: Hey, Twan, Queen of the Stars here with the real dirt on what the constellations are up to and how you can read the signs before they read you. Pisces, why keep chasing your own tail if no one else is? Well, parade rest. Mercury is retrograde until March 17th. That means there's no need to beware the odds of March because whatever ill fate awaits you on the 15th won't get around to ruining your life until the following Sunday. But be warned, after capricious Mercury slips out of retrograde, it's like that damn burst. Everything good and bad will seem to be happening all at once. Sort of like making plans with Sagittarius. With her, the only thing that you can say for certain won't be happening is what you actually planned. For the rest of us, this retrograde period is a good time to avoid conflict since we'll all be a little sensitive right now. Also, this is a good excuse to put off getting your taxes together or any little task or conversation that requires your attention to details or just paying attention at all. We'll all be a little dreamy and unfocused, but don't think that means we've forgotten how you said you'd be at the restaurant at 8, Sag, or that you didn't even bother to call until 10 to say you were going to be late. Not sure what bullseye the archer can hit with that arrow, but I don't want to be at Sagittarian target practice. The full moon in Virgo will help us all to get better organized while we wait for Mercury to get back on track. Sort your correspondence, do your mindless filing, or better yet, spend some productive time marking off all the events on your calendar that you were foolish enough to make with that MIA Sagittarian in your life. Just because Mercury will make your life a little back asswards for the next few days, there is no reason it should be a total loss. Till next time, this is Twan reminding you to watch out for the stars. listening to the dinner party show with christopher rice and eric shaw quinn and now it's time for the soup brought to you by your perpetually victimized gay brother
1: i will have you know that i am writing a play about all of you
2: the dinner party show keep listening if you've got the stomach for it and I think everybody here has written that play at some point. Yeah, I've, Do you yeah, have consensus? Yeah. We're, we're realizing we're all gay boys from the South. So we've <laughs> all written that play Certainly
4: at some written point. it, and, or at least done the out-of-town tryout of it. Right. Yeah. Or
1: imagined it drunkenly in bed at night. Yeah. Getting Jeffrey Self everybody. and Patrick McDonald are joining us at the Hooray. dinner table. Oh, hi, guys. Hello. How are you? The
5: oh, my God. Ready to go. You know what? I have to say. I love the setup here. I really do feel like I'm at Lisa Vanderpump's house with all the tea and uh, just go- silver.
4: Lisa. We're already going into it. Lisa we're already Vanderpump. Getting it. Oh my God. Who is, where who's did she get Is that a the real name? The queen of
5: Beverly Hills and the most anticipated star of Dancing with the Stars this season, <coughs> Lisa Vanderpump.
1: Yes, that sound is right. She's a, she is a fierce cat. Why I'm going to go the out on a limb and say that she is one of the Beverly Hills housewives. She's Absolutely. one of the Beverly
5: Hills housewives. She runs. Is yeah. that her Real name Lisa Vanderpump. Yes. Yeah, is that a, is, it is. who
2: are the, What's her claim to fame? Why is she queen of Beverly Hills? Well, she uh,
4: owns Villa Blanca. Who what is are, that? It's Villa a Blanca. restaurant in Beverly Hills. We went there for brunch. Few, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Uh had a very attractive waiter. And um, Which is always nice. Which is always nice. And he gave the, us his number. He gave us I was I wasn't sure if we were done enough to mention that. As it. a unit. I mean, as he a, a unit. Just he you gave know he was like, number. you guys are really yeah.
5: cool. You seem really cool here. And we're like, she so... how you mean <laughs> we're better, like, Lisa Vanderpump Lisa. is
4: serious about pleasing her customers.
2: <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. That's a commitment. I see how she got <laughs> to be queen. <laughs> uh, so, so that's how you get to be
1: queen of of Keep the queens happy. Okay, so, uh, so she owns a restaurant. she, owns yes. two, she is on a two television show. Basically, apparently.
5: the rundown of Lisa Vanderpump. She is one of the <laughs> le- one of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And Doles. if only someone. And, like would. if I would if I were I mean I've, have you guys been living under a rock? I mean I, like, now
2: we pretend we not to know as much live, as we actually okay, do. Okay, we live about three or four blocks from her. <laughs> oh,
4: my
5: God. So if I was explaining this to a kindergartner from another planet, I would say and that's the way to go with us. <laughs> Lisa Vanderpump. She is one of the breakout stars of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills wow. and has gone off to do her own spin-off, Vanderpump okay. Rules, where she owns Villa Blanca and a restaurant in West Hollywood called Sir Lounge.
1: We ate there. It's down yes. the street from
5: the Abbey? Yeah, it's right yeah. next we to the Abbey. We ate there family.
1: after the library, the opening of the West Hollywood Library. That's a very pretty a place. Which Lisa Vanderpump was not in attendance of, but we did. We ate at her restaurant. and We might food, know who was she fun. was
2: if she'd given money to our
5: library.
1: We you felt know, like uh, one of the young people when we were there. We did. We felt like we were part of you crowd. felt like you were in, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, yeah. she, you
5: know, she yeah. has so, two shows and two restaurants, so she she I means doesn't have a lot of time,
1: you know. I, I guess so. Did you see the Saturday Night Live skit where the joke was that every character, every person who had ever appeared on one of the Real Housewives shows now had their own reality show? Oh, that's funny. And now it's the gay limo driver who once drove Lisa Vanderpump. Uh, <laughs> you know? Oh, that's yeah. funny. I did not see This that. fall. It's just, like not. everything listen, on
2: Bravo. It was all the ads oh, on Bravo. Funny. It was this whole series of shows that eventually led back to the show that started. With exactly. Was like, but is this way we Basically,
5: if you get one line of dialogue out on a Real Housewives franchise, you will get your own show right. and your own book deal We're and our your own time line with of this radio. Water. You guys <laughs> go be
4: housewives. It, Any
1: <laughs> minute that you're not being on a reality show
4: is is a minute wasted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I appeared briefly on the Real World <gasps> New Orleans many years ago. <laughs> Until really? they asked him to the leave. First, Until, the first, yeah. the first one? Why? The, the first one? Yeah. <laughs> I I wanted to be on, <laughs> <laughs> on television. Do you know? Wait, do you know Danny
5: Roberts? Yes, I know Danny Roberts. I was Roberts. just on a show with Danny Roberts. On yeah. Logo, DTLA. Yes, DTLA. yes, Yes, that is I do so... know
1: Danny Roberts. It was many, many, many years ago. Yeah, I was like... That is just... Seven strangers were picked to live in a house. Wait, in were, you on,
5: were you on it?
1: No, I was not a cast member. They came over to my house to have dinner with me, and it was edited to look like they had dinner with Anne Rice because she came oh. through at the end of the dinner and went, I hope you guys oh. had a lovely time, and they made it look like she was welcoming them to her home, Those and then the shots of them goundrels. at the dinner table made it look as if she was there too, but you know what's crazy? Is all of our, I didn't
4: care. All, I was on TV. That's every all. video we make of a <laughs> party so at our cool.
1: house, we edit to make it look like it was hosted by Anne Rice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's easier than you think.
1: <laughs> it really is, and it's really good PR, let me tell you. But um, So we went right into it, but Patrick, we don't get it. Okay, like, we so don't get, let me finish well, here. So
5: she got her own spin-off with Vanderpump Rules, where right. she runs her business at SUR with this crazy group of kids. Very um, attractive people. What I will say about... If you don't get it with The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and that is my favorite of the franchise, if we're we're talking about all of The Real Housewives, I think Beverly Hills is... Ten tiers above the rest of them. Or Production value-wise, it's beautiful. I think that these women are...
4: And they're actually rich, too. They're
5: actually rich. That's the thing about, like, a lot of the housewives, like, you know, New Jersey, Atlanta, please don't come after me, NeNe Leakes. I do not want any trouble. But the, I feel like there's like an illusion <laughs> of the glamour with them. Like, oh, we're so rich, but we're renting this house. Or, with New Jersey, all of them. Right. And they're not really doing it. And on Beverly Hills, these women are actually glamorous. They're living these lives. And it's, you know, we're peering into it, and I think what they've done on Beverly Hills is they've found a group of women who are so dynamic and so absolutely just Get together, Eric.
4: You guys can't see this, but Patrick is crying. I do, I do you know what? I, I, I believe that
5: there should be an Emmy category created for best reality show and best reality personality because we are these women are bringing us drama that we aren't seeing on any network. Okay uh, strong, so this, this gets time. me
1: to my next question Strip so this up. is serious what you're, what you're doing I'm like, dead is, serious but it's what, not like a, it boy, it's not a tongue in your cheek thing
2: so about it. like our belief was that everybody who watches all reality program watches it ironically. Well,
4: I
1: I think there and is. You don't
2: seem to. You I, actually no. seem to. So tell me, wh- what is it that you find so fascinating about it? Like I that's, think that's well, the, the elusive element for because,
5: me. Well, I think it's fascinating in that it is a, a glimpse into uh, the reason that so many people are I- obsessed with it is because it's a glimpse into a life that is so fantastical and separate from your own through you know the the, the general public. Um, and also, like, like if we're talking about Honey Boo Boo, the reason I think that show and I guess we are Jeffrey and I both set up. <laughs> <where> we're going, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think you know it's a little bit different with Honey Boo Boo and Real Housewives. Real Housewives <laughs> are the people you like a aspire little. to be, and like you fantasize about the glamour and that fabulous lifestyle. But I think what pe- draws people to Honey Boo Boo is, and I feel very passionately about this, is because is that I feel that the the Thompson family, uh, the stars of Honey Boo Boo, are a like beautiful example of what you should be as a family in this country. And people so often are quick to say like, "Oh, they're such a horrible example of the South," and they're they're making people think that you know we're just like rednecks drinking Mountain Dew all the time. But these people are so unconditionally loving. That woman, June Mama Thompson, is a beautiful example <laughs> right, of what well. a mother should be because she is putting forward – I mean you have the, these confessionals of this little girl, Honey Boo Boo, and she is sitting there saying – talking about gay people <laughs> as six years old and confessionals. saying – It's okay. Confessionals, Everybody's yeah. a little gay. Everybody's don't a little matter. gay. And I know.
2: I love her. I that love is her. because the she's thing been – challenges me about all reality programs, it's like yeah. wrestling. It's like – I can't, there is no buy-in for me. I don't, I- I'm aware that it is entirely staged right. and that it is largely edited together and that it is right. more the agenda of the people shooting the show than it is the people actually appearing in the show. So the, how is it that you got past that? Like, I can understand the sort of ironic appreciation, but you seem very sincere as though you believe this is really the objective of the people on the show.
5: Well, that's well, that's what I think is so groundbreaking about Here Comes Honey Boo Boo, okay? And I'm going to hit you with this right now. This <laughs> Honey Boo Boo, the reason that it's blown up in the way that it has is it is because it is the first reality show that is actually putting forward genuine characters, okay? this it, Like, genuine, real people. The Kardashians, even the Real Housewives, God love them, they're putting forth a, a, a show, they know what they're doing, they're yeah. aware of the circumstances. These people with Honey Boo Boo, the, the draw to them is that, oh my God, for the first time, we're seeing people Sit in front of a camera and give a confessional and com- and be completely authentically mm. themselves. That woman is burping. She is talking about the crust on her neck. Yeah. You know, <laughs> she's and no one's a- no one's ever done and that. She on- is yeah. completely. Surrendering herself and revealing her true, her the true essence of her being to the public, and I think that that is a draw from that whole family, and it's fascinating to watch that. Well,
1: we clearly have a lot to say on this topic. We are not (laughs) done yet. We we do have (laughs) a word from one of our sponsors. A new, uh, it's a reality show. Actually, it's a new courtroom show called Kid Justice, and we'll be back after this uh, word from our sponsor for (laughs) more reality talk. We love our TV judges because they've got a knack for cutting through the bowl crap. And over the years, the robes of justice have been donned by angry old white guys, angry old white ladies, sassy black ladies, and high-riding cowboys. From Judge Wapner to Judge Joe Brown, we like our TV judges because they don't mess around. But now, there's a new judge in town.
2: You see, your honor... The company claimed their overall price would include weekly pool service, but after three weeks went by, after I signed the contract, I didn't hear
1: a word from anyone at the... He's
3: sleeping.
1: Get ready, folks. This judge has got no patience for liars or fakes. And that's because he's got no patience at all. And that's because he's four years old.
3: I don't want to talk about poos anymore because I want cookies right now on my smiley place plate. And I want my guy so I can play war with him on the edge of the bathtub till daddy comes home. Oh my god, he's four years old. And who better to be the
1: bailiff than his condescending kindergarten teacher? Can the court come to order now? Or are we just going to keep running around in circles and making a big mess everywhere? Is that what we're going to keep doing? Because I think it's probably time for the court to come to order. Or else we're going to need to have another nap
3: time maybe? Is that what's going to need to happen?
2: Wait a minute. I'm supposed to entrust my case to a four-year-old? That's
3: ridiculous. Um, not as ridiculous as suing a pool company for $250 on
1: television. Finally, a TV judge as small as the cases that get brought before him. And he's got an adorable knack for inserting the letter W into words where it doesn't belong.
3: I like shocks!
1: Kid Justice. Coming this fall to every television in every waiting room you find yourself stuck in. Former. former club I want to hear kid about former that. Kid. Are we live we're live at the I... dinner party show oh my god uh, we're back on the air we're back jeffrey we want to talk about your book which oh. came out last week 50 Woo. shades of gay thanks congratulations gay. very
4: gay Very, very gay. We got that
2: from the title. That would have been, we would have guessed that. The Fifty Shades of Gay. We were thinking it was going (laughs) to be
4: very gay. It's very gay, yeah. Is it a
1: satire of Fifty Shades of Grey? Is it a parody? How would you describe it?
4: Well, I don't think I would describe it as a parody because I wrote it so, I tried to write it really sincerely. Um and that was just because I wanted to write like a Jacqueline Suzanne romance novel. you know, that kind Jacqueline of just Suzanne. me too. She's my Such favorite. Fun. And like that kind of like just, you know, heightened ke- slightly campy, but still very sincere, s- sexual, exciting romantic uh, story. And it's all in Hollywood. It's all in like L. A. and um, with a movie star, and it's very sexy. To be truly camp, I think you have to be dead serious, right? You kind of have to come out. of
2: like... You can't like have be half measured. Yeah. Have, like Dynasty was always hysterical exactly. to me because they
4: fully committed to being those ridiculous right. exactly. characters. Yeah, Which the is top. not Absolutely to bring really it back want. to the reality show for oh a second. Oh my God! But <laughs> no. But I will say very briefly, <laughs> and, and moving Poor on Patrick is, Cole, is that I think that the, the, the Real Housewives will uh, is sort of what we have in place of Dynasty today, which is like women who are strongly believing
1: this insane reality that they're they're uh, portraying. Okay, there we go. See, that's tongue—that's tongue-in-cheek viewership right. of what's going that's on. That's the ironic viewership. That's what I was wondering because that I think, as Eric often says, it's about his favorite word, schadenfreude. Did I pronounce it correctly? Right. Yes. Like, that there is an element of looking at people go through miserable circumstances and having right. the remove of your television screen and feeling sort of good about it. Yeah. I think that they're suffering maybe because they're more privileged or they're richer. Yeah.
4: But there's something about any time you get to just, I, for me at least, and I think the reason why the Oscars are popular is you're just getting to see rich people be glamorous together. And that's yeah. that's what that's what The Real Housewives is for me. Or Dynasty but or this might be something like something like, like um, American Idol, a sizable
2: portion of it is yeah. watching people humiliated.
5: Yeah. Like Simon would
2: really say horrible things yeah, to those you know, people. Like a part of the, a part of the appeal of it seems to me of those is shows
5: of is about yeah.
2: watching people kind of smash,
5: right?
4: Which I,
2: I
5: think
4: know. is probably the appeal of my book because I wrote it dr- smashed, so, <laughs> uh, and uh, certainly uh, the appeal to the writing uh, part of it. <laughs> Th- that th- cat. Thank you. Um, that cat is angry. That, that cat has had a day. <laughs> she thought it was going to be one kind of Sunday, and it turned out to be another. She thought there was going to be salmon. <laughs> <laughs> and there's only cookies. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Okay. Um,
4: yeah. So anyway, so yeah, the Fifty Shades of Gay book is, um, you know, it's it's sort of my fantasy of what would happen if I, you know, met a, a, Channing Tatum, a, a Channing Tatum who was in the closet. It's yeah. a very
5: hot book. Everybody, you should I, definitely. I, I, get we it. have a
1: loyal listener, Justin Simpson, who does wonderful <laughs> fan art for us, and it has and here's
5: gloves on his Twitter profile picture, <laughs> and
1: is probably going insane <laughs> that you just mentioned him because he's such a fan of yours. He read the book in like three hours. He said oh, he yeah. downloaded oh, wow. it, the ebook, and just like devoured it. So I. Can't wait to read it. I'm not sure I'll ever make it for? to the original Fifty Shades of Gray. Me neither. Well, I yeah. uh, the only reason I read it is because I wanted to
4: write something called Fifty Shades of Gray, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, all right. Let's and you see. knew you had to go fast because <laughs> like, somebody was going to yeah. do it. Yeah, and so I read it, and I was like, oh, this is you know interesting and but the, the the structure of it is is exciting you, right. you I mean I definitely have fantasized about Christian Grey since yes yes who hasn't
5: it's who hasn't? very popular and you know what everybody I just would really like for you to buy the book so Jeffrey can get really rich and I can be the first gay real housewife of Beverly Hills there's real house husbands of Beverly and, Hills I know but there? it's like a joke it's like oh. a it's like a oh
2: my god this reality show. show is not really
5: <laughs> yeah it is no this it reality is show is serious the real god house husbands of Hollywood <laughs> is like a satire on that. But wait, let me ask a question here, and then
1: we'll talk for a little That's bit more, and then we have a report from Miss L Sam. Oh, but, um, Oh, her. The, uh,
5: There's a housewife. Why we did this heard
1: fail from. in the gay world? Why did the A-list New York tank so hard? Uh. you know
5: what? I think that was. I don't think that they had like. You know, excuse me for saying. I, I don't know. It just wasn't a dynamic enough cast. I don't think it was done. Yeah. It wasn't. It, it wasn't glamorous enough for like the the they were trash the they were <laughs> yeah. trash right like is this really it just, it the wasn't, A-list yeah Heck. it wasn't
4: it was you I know think, I mean I'm just gonna say it I think everybody in this room is more A-list than that well <laughs> shitless <laughs> so I will say well. I will say I received
1: a message on Facebook from someone, and I didn't know who they were, asking me to audition for, for the A-List, A-list LA. Los Angeles. Me which too. Which was never made, right? They, did not make, they were and making like, it. Yeah. If you have to audition, that kind of defeats the whole Christopher purpose. Christopher Rice, it if implies... you had done it and I had done it, we could be throwing drinks
4: in each other's totally. faces right now. Oh my totally. god. That would Patrick and I would be drunk at some brunch on our own. <laughs> Absolutely. This
1: sounds eerily similar to what is actually <laughs> happening right now. Add in microphones. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we are joined this evening by Jeffrey Self and Patrick McDonald, but now, we have a very special report from our relationship expert, Ms. Jonelle Sams, and then we'll be back with these lovely gents in just a few. Oh, take it life. away, Jonelle. Woo. It's time once again for the Dinner Party Show's Homemade Relationship Advice with Jonelle Sams.
2: Hi, this is Jonelle Sams with Homemade Relationship Advice. If you have a relationship question, you can send it to me, Care of the Dinner Party Show's Facebook fan page, or at jonelle at the DinnerPartyshow.com. Last time on Homemade Relationship Advice, we were talking about how to be happy and married to the person who actually lives at your house and not the person you wish lived at your house. As you can imagine, I heard from listeners who wanted more than just being happy. Isn't that always the way? Here's what one listener wrote. Dear Jonell, I took your advice last week to heart, but I must tell you it gave me a little heartburn. I agree with you that lowering your standards far enough that they include your own husband is a good first step towards finding happiness in the marriage you've already gotten yourself into. But Jonell, how do I keep the romance alive? When I met my husband, he was the home run king on my high school baseball team. These days, he gets winded and falls asleep before he can get to second base. What can I do to get the home team spirits back up? Is it too late for me or is there still a championship season in my future? Signed, I'm not talking about baseball. Well, thank you for that, baseballer. I figured you were going for the double play and I'm not talking about baseball either. Just because I've been in the stands for a while doesn't mean I can't get on base. Being on this show has been a real education, I'll tell you. Anyhow, as you know, I have been married to my wonderful husband for 22 blissful years. In fact, we've got an anniversary coming up the first of next month. After all these years, the Lord would strike me down for lying to you if I told you the romance was the same as it was when we first met. After 22 years, it's better. You heard me, my love life with Merle is better today than it was all those years ago. That's because these days, Merle and I are friends. We have nothing to prove. By now, we've seen it and we know it's looked better. So being shy around each other is just foolish. But more than just the comfort that familiarity breeds, our love life is just easier than when we first married. Now, we were old-fashioned and waited till after the wedding, and I'm glad we did, but when we finally got around to the duties of marriage, we could hardly look at each other during, let alone afterwards. I'd read my grocery store novels, and I'm sure Merle heard his men's talk backstage at the Patchwork Players Community Theater and such. I had it in my head that it was supposed to go a certain way. I can only imagine what was going through Merle's head. For a while, whatever was going on with him upset his stomach, so we'd have to wait and have dinner afterwards. And I kept count of how often it happened, like some schoolgirl looking for proof of how much she cared or how good I was looking. We were just a couple of silly 35-year-olds. Over time, we've matured and expect less from each other in the bedroom and all the other rooms of the house. Merle comes by my room less often, usually when his best friend Olson Lee Pew is out of town, or ailing, or the patchwork players are on hiatus, or it's a holiday or some special occasion, and Merle and I are cooped up here together. If I'm wondering how much Merle cares about me, I can call down to the bank and see if the mortgage is current, and I look in the mirror if I'm wondering how I'm holding up. We eat dinner when we're hungry, and Merle knocks on the door... When he's in the mood, it's less often nowadays, but when he does turn up, I know that he wants to be there. And he knows if I don't answer the door, it's because I'm feeling gassy, not because I don't still love him. I guess what I'm saying is if you think there's a problem with the romance in your marriage, the problem may well be that you think there's a problem. If you're looking for a definition of romance, how about look to your own marriage instead of the Lifetime channel? You might find it's easier to be happy with what you've got than it is to try to look like Heather Locklear. Till next time, I'm Jonelle Sams with homemade relationship advice.
1: If you have relationship questions, write to Jonelle, Care of the Dinner Party Show Facebook page or to Jonelle at thedinnerpartyshow.com
2: Rate, root, root, root for the home team.
1: The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. The dish is served.
3: Hi, everyone at the Dinner Party Show. I'm Jordan Ampersand, and I'm back again no, this week.
2: No, no, you're not back this week, Jordan. In fact, you're not allowed back in our studio after that horrible thing you did on Oscar night.
3: Oh my god, you guys need to relax and stop with the rumors and pimentos. I think
2: you mean wendo, not pimento. And even that's not an accurate description of what we've been doing this week, which is telling everyone directly and without reservation that you were a complete shit to us on Oscar night, that you, Jordan Amberson, lied to us, told us that you got us on the list for the Vanity Fair party humiliating just so you could try to take control of our studio and our show.
3: Well, whatever. It's all good. I don't want a radio show anymore.
2: But you said you wanted to call in so you could explain your deplorable behavior last week. So, I agreed, and yet, I've yet to hear any explanation. Okay,
3: I'll explain everything, but I need you to not be loud, scary Gordon Ramsay, Eric, and more like sweet, understanding wizard Eric. Uh Uh-huh.
2: So, you want me to act like a wizard while you bullshit our audience about the terrible thing you did to us last week?
3: Still being Gordon Ramsay, Eric, only without the good food. Yeah,
2: well, if I was a wizard, I would have turned you into a fruit fly years ago. Well,
3: you have a wizard's hair. That's a start.
2: TikTok tock Jordan ampersand.
3: Okay, okay. I did a terrible thing last weekend to you guys, and I'm very sorry. I didn't really manage to get you an invite to the Vanity Fair party, but I sent you guys there anyway, because I thought it was in New York, because, like, that's where magazines are Uh what magazine has a party in LA LA is supposed to be about fun hot things that don't require a lot of reading that's why I moved here
2: tick fucking talk Jordan
3: okay the reason I was not myself last weekend is because something incredibly exciting happened in my life and I was so distracted by this monumatic change that I completely lost track of who I really am or
4: we did
2: okay so, this change?
3: I got a cat.
2: Oh, for Christ's sake.
3: I did. He's so cute, but it's taking me a long time to decide what to name him because I keep getting confused.
2: Confused?
3: You? I'm just trying to be a good father to him. Try
2: being his little sister instead. See how that works. Well,
3: that's sort of the point. See, I know that I'm gay, but I don't know if the cat's gay. So I wanted to give him a name that's cute, but not, like, totally gay. Uh Uh-huh. Because I want him to find himself. I mean, I know cats can always find their way home, but can they find their way to their own hearts?
2: Okay, Jordan, so you're saying the excitement of owning a new cat and not being able to think of a name for it yet is why you treated Chris Christopher and I like crap last weekend? You
3: treat me like crap every time I come on the show. No,
2: I treat you like a boss who would like to know why his employee hasn't done his job. Gordon
3: Ramsay Eric, I want Wizard Eric. Cast a spell and come up with a name for my cat.
2: How about off topic?
3: I don't want a Russian name for my cat.
2: I haven't named a cat in a very long time, Jordan. Maybe I'm not the best person to ask.
3: Okay, because I have a contest going with my friends to come up with names that are cute, but, like, not totally gay, and it's down to two.
2: Friends? What are they?
3: So far, the top boat getters are Brittany Boots and Kitty Fabulous. Not gay at all. And yes, Brittany Boots is one name, not two.
2: Oh, well, those aren't gay at all, Jordan.
3: No, I kind of think they are.
2: What do you want to name the cat, Jordan?
3: Well, I'm kind of leaning towards Sergio Morales.
2: Hmm, that's kind of dignified. Sounds like a famous fashion designer. Yeah,
3: or a really hot porn star, and they're kind and of the same things these days. What does that mean? Well, my best friend Fitzpatrick told me it's not PC to call them porn stars anymore. We're supposed to call them designers of desire. Oh,
2: really? Jordan, we have yet to reach the plausible explanation portion of this particular uh, okay. report. Okay, well,
3: having a cat is a lot harder than my friend said it was. For one thing, they do not like it when you spray paint them pride colors. Thanks for oh. that piece of advice, Black Lawrence Merriweather. Oh. Oh. And um, Earth to Dimitri Sandals, it takes a lot cool. longer than a day to teach a cat how to talk. You're trying to teach the cat how to talk? Well, just in English, but he's not, like, really oh. willing to learn because he's too busy trying to control my l- mind.
2: I see. So the, the cat was controlling your mind last week? Is that what you're trying to say?
3: Um, Kind of.
2: Crap. You weren't saying that, and I just fed it to you. Christ, sometimes it is like being on the stand, Jordan. I should never volunteer more information than I'm
3: asked. You don't think cats can control our minds? Ever since my cat came to live with me, I've had dreams about cats. Hello, mind control. Is the
2: cat sleeping in the bed with you? Yeah, why? And so it's disturbing you all night long, and you keep fading in and out of sleep and having cat dreams.
3: Okay, fine. Dream control, then. You know, Eric, I think you'll feel a lot better if I start bringing the cat on the show with me.
2: Excuse me. We have not decided that you're allowed back on the show.
3: Oh, my God. Enough already. You know what? I think your listeners should decide. I've seen the Facebook page, and they all think I'm awesome. So you ask them if I should be allowed back on your show. You ask them, and they will tell you that the voice of Jordan Ampersand should be set free, just as I shall set the voice of Sergio Morales free as soon as I teach him how to talk.
2: Okay, so the agreement is as soon as you teach your cat how to speak... We let you back in the studio.
3: Gordon, Ramsay, Eric, I banish you to the pits of hell, and I call upon Wizard Eric to see the truth and light in my words.
2: Well, Wizard Eric is going to call upon the magic of our listeners, just as you suggested. We'll see what they have to say about whether or not you should be allowed back in the studio without restraints and constant supervision.
3: supervision. Remember, I can swallow ball gags. Oh,
2: I've been trying to forget ever since I saw it with my own
3: eyes. Also, everyone better vote it quickly derby. because I do have a competing offer on the table. Do you now? Yes. Sirius Satellite Radio has made me an offer to move to New York and oh, be part God. of their Claire Rickle department, which is clearly about the development of a new technology, given that they use satellites and are Claire, way cooler yes. than you guys. So everyone needs to vote very soon or else I Actually,
2: am Actually, adding- the word is... Clerical, I think, and it's defined as relating to routine tasks in an office environment. So the offer that you're bragging about is to move clear across the country to the most expensive city on the earth and work as someone's secretary.
3: Let me back on the show!
2: Good night, Jordan. And may the wizards of our Facebook page cast spells in your favor.
3: This is bullshit! I'm being a...
1: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for The Dish, brought to you by your mother, Mistress of Guilt. (sighs) That's okay. Go
2: ahead and step on my foot. Why would I need to walk anywhere?
1: I haven't been anyplace nice in years. The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening if you've got the stomach for it.
2: Why are you pointing at me like that?
1: Uh, Apparently that didn't go so well with Jordan Ampersand. Oh. His call, okay. Like, we'll like it's about. ever
2: gone very well with George. You know Anderson? what? I
1: want you two to find a way to work together. I don't know why that is important to you. Because he's a, he's a contributing correspondent to the show, I and he has a lot to bring. I think bring we need in. to have, we a have look guess. At what... Yes. I think he's an asset. We have guests. We have guests. Okay, I Patrick. Hi, Jeffrey. Hi, Jeffrey. Hello. Self and Patrick my McDonald oh, are thank trying God you're to... Here to
2: cleanse our palate of or that trying. little. <laughs>
1: well, thank God they're here, but they're going to try to convince us to watch one of those Real Housewives shows, which um, exactly is not really our thing, but it's very much your thing, the, Patrick. The only reality shows that thing. I can ever watch are ones where really attractive men with
2: entitlement issues are humiliated mm. live on national television. I Watch those
1: shows weren't live. Uh,
5: Manhunt, oh
1: yeah. Manhunt, hosted remember by Carmen Electra. Hunt? One yes. season, I think Man it was, on Bravo. was a show. With yeah. very the, early. With I remember, the I still model,
5: remember one of, the guys, model. one of the guys on what? Manhunt. His name was Hunter, and I was in high school when that show was on. It was like right what? when Bravo you started, were what? and you I were, remember uh, like Googling Hunter from Manhunt. Was <laughs> it wasn't uh, that long what is ago? He, uh, well, Hunter, what are you up to today?
2: That one and uh, kept. Kept. I didn't you watch You remember that one? I didn't watch Kept. The boys were competing to be Jerry Hall's new boy yeah. toy. Yeah. I had a an do things like say paint
4: each other nude. I remember that. I remember that. It was hot. But the yeah. opening
2: episode of Manhunt, they had the them all line up on the side of the road. I think
5: you're talking about boy meets boy. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. no, no, no. no, no, but no. the embedded model was treasure. on Manhunt.
1: Kevin Peake was the embedded model on Manhunt who was supposed right. to be giving reports on how modelly they were actually being. Yes. Well, While having affairs was. with
2: different members of the cast before they got thrown off the show. But the opening episode, they had all of the boys line up on the side of the road out by the Ontario their, airport Oh, Sh- they had them put on change into designer underwear. They critiqued them from head to foot, yes. fired two of them who had to walk home, and the rest of them and got somebody so strapped to their back, put on an airplane, and they jumped out of airplanes in designer in underwear, their underwear. So while right. they played It's Raining Men. And I thought, oh, my God, this is the best show yeah, I That
5: was the ever peak of reality That <laughs>
4: is the peak of art it's, in it's the genius. modern age. It was, it was a, genius. I agree. A multi-level I statement
1: back. on masculinity in America in the 21st century. And, it really was.
2: And then the boy's blubbering on the – well, I see what they're really picking. They just want those models that are all sucked up and all, like, not in shape and stuff. I was like, wow, guy, this is really
1: hot. This is yeah, really an attractive a look for yeah, you. genius. A great show. really so genius. So that's the reality that
5: Eric will watch. But that's it. But there you yeah. go. Well, I hear that America's Next Top Model has just added men this season. Are we going to have to deal with men and women at the same time? I've never watched an episode of that show, Didn't,
4: though.
2: Isn't that where – didn't don't look at me. I that? have no
4: idea. It's Tyra Banks. Uh, isn't that where? Oh, oh,
2: Tyra Banks. Yeah, so that's her show. There was another one. What show was Ronnie on?
1: Uh, next big supermodel. I don't remember. No, it was a supermodel show. Ronnie Kroll, who was a next. guest on this show. It was, know, it was he called role? something different. How do I know that name? Well, he's a There's gay so activist shows, now, and he started you know? the Friend Movement, and he was also on the list of Out's Most Eligible Bachelors before Ooh. he wrote to them and said, I have a boyfriend, please take me off this list. Um, that uh, The
5: host of the show it. is number eight? on
1: Make Me a Supermodel.
5: That was the show. Make, Make me, a me a Supermodel. Yes. Yes, that's absolutely. A, You know,
4: that that as a title itself is a little too needy. You yeah.
5: know what I mean?
1: <laughs> right.
4: I don't like a title that's, like, <laughs> desperate and aggressive for absolutely no
1: reason. All the right, Republican well, version is Be Your own supermodel <laughs> own.
5: and leave us out of it pull
1: yourself up by your underwear straps
5: well, let me ask by the two Calvin of you Klein as two label. people who seem to not be very in tune to rea- reality <laughs> in television in
1: tune <laughs> to reality okay we're not what on the same wavelength apparently If you
5: had to pick if someone had a gun to your head and said you have to be on one reality show which would it be i ask you both chris first
1: Can this be a competition? I would probably be the real world. It would be something where I didn't have to be outside eating weird stuff. The real world's not on anymore. I guess it
5: is, but it's not. No one watches it anymore. Well, I just want to point out that Chris has already
1: been on the real world. I was on the real world for about five minutes. Do
2: they have to eat weird stuff on that that
1: amazing race show? Otherwise known as train stations and airports. That's what that show should be called. No, they don't have to eat rich <laughs> stuff. They just have to run and they can't fly business.
4: No, the fear factor is what you're thinking. Oh, of. that would, yeah. And
1: Survivor as well. Survivor, Survivor they make you do box. Yeah, not they make that you that eat either. stuff on
4: Survivor. Or you know maybe what, that dancing
2: say... show. I think that would be fun. Dancing with the stars, or yeah. so you think you can dance? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think dancing with the stars. I think that would you be have fun. To be a star. You should, he's a oh, star. Oh, really?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm as big a
2: star as any of the has-beens on that show. Well, yeah. If Andy Dick could be on
1: Dancing with the stars that so so is sure is healthy <laughs> question <No>. that
4: <laughs> honestly though if you if they came to you though honestly cuz like who knows they could the fact that Would you would you say yes if they actually came to you without
2: the gun if they didn't bring the gun without
4: the gun without the tension you know just like normally like your agent calls and they're like hey uh, I know this sounds crazy but they want you would you do it for DWTs
2: I guess it would depend on the money you would do it I see it it in your eyes there was a
4: lot of money but
2: otherwise I would be really it would be a tough decision for me I really
1: but here's what's so weird I don't
2: like what reality programming is doing to scripted television I get that I I, I really don't like that. And what do so you mean? I wouldn't okay. want to support it.
5: What do you mean? Let me, let's me let visit that for a second because you know what? That is something that really <laughs> annoys me. I think that is something wh- that when I hear like an A-list celebrity or a B-list now celebrity. Now we have a
1: word from our sp- – no, no, I'm just
5: <laughs> when, I hear, when I hear an actor, a famous actor say like, oh, well, uh, just reality TV. Isn't it enough already or whatever? It always annoys me because you know what? Reality TV is here to stay. It's a genre that people love and, and it's here – and it's a good thing. I think that it expresses like uh, and speaks for a large portion of the country, and and it's and it and people are interested in it. And so it annoys me when like actors. Not to say that that's you, but like an act, like, <laughs> when wow. they, no, but like, when actors and, and people in Hollywood say mm. that, like I can't watch reality TV because it's just so beneath me, because it's such a part of the zeitgeist but now. It's not and, that. But, it's, but that isn't what I said. I said I don't like. Really I like scripted doing. television. Right. I, I think like that too. We I are, love scripted. We TV are
2: too. we are we are eliminating writers from the process. I right. think what is wrong with movies and television currently is that the writers are not in charge of it. Right. And I think one of the reasons for that is the belief that we can just go set up a camera and edit together some footage and that makes a television show and it's a huge hit and the networks are slowly but surely losing all of their viewership. Like it's not on the rise, it's all on the decline and I think it's because we're not putting forth the kind of effort to produce like would Downton Abbey be better if we just put all those people in period costumes and let them wander around and point cameras at them and then edit it together. I think that if you want to have quality television you want television to succeed, you're going to have to put in the effort. I think game shows have been on television for as long as I've been alive, and I think they are the progenitors of reality television. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I don't want to see... Scripted television bumped going away out of the, the way and up. and increasingly because it's so cheap right. we're not paying the talent we're not paying the actors we don't pay anybody and so it's incredibly cheap to produce so it looks like they're succeeding because it's not costing them anything but right. in the end if you lose all of your viewership
1: then have you really succeeded right but I
5: think there's a world for both of them I think there's a world for both I do. of them to exist right. very successful I agree right.
1: I agree I I think there is a world for them to exist successfully but there is something that Eric's talking about the risk is so low in throwing up a bunch of half-baked, not really thought-through reality concepts right. that they start glutting the airwaves, right. and people stop at the network, stop being open to interesting scripted content that's going to take a little work. Like could the or West Wing? Anything. Could the West Wing get on the air today? I'm not sure. I mean, no. we watched yeah. this happen with one of our favorite well, shows, Animal
5: Practice, made it on the air. Yeah.
1: Southland, which was one of our favorite shows, maybe one of the best cop shows that's ever been on TV, yeah. was literally killed by Jeff Zucker's desire to put the Tonight Show in the 10 p.m. slot, which was a disaster disaster, but I think that it was, was fed by this reality insanity. And right. now it has a great a home market. on TNT where it's doing okay. It's not doing as well as want it wanted to do. right? But it's it's hard if you're a fan <laughs> of this stuff to, to watch it be run off by a competitor that isn't necessarily putting down the kind of roots that people think it is. You I auditioned USA? to play
4: a drug dealer on Southland. Did you? No, Sorry, I had an audition to be uh, a drug dealer on Southland and I forgot to go to the audition.
1: Oh, that's so! but that's so in character. Did you
4: get the part? I almost got the part, I think. Yeah, I think that would be like what a drug that dealer was would do. That was my audition. You were so into I was into like, it. you know
1: what? You want a drug dealer? Well, this bitch ain't gonna show up to say his three <laughs> lines on the side. Yes. Excellent. Well, now we have a quick word from one of our sponsors and then we'll be back talking about everything with Jeffrey Self and Patrick McDonald. Excellent. What are you doing here?
2: I don't know unexpectedly paper or plastic uh
3: i don't know
2: she had a decision to make how do i get to man's chinese theater from here i
3: don't know
2: he needed help to find his way
3: do you mind if i steal a sandwich
2: do you mind if i call the police
3: uh i i don't know
2: what do these people have to do with each other really is that the kind of moviegoer you are do you need answers? A story? A plot? Some idea of who the characters are and what they're talking about? Well, maybe you're not cool enough for this film.
0: Do you know where we are?
2: I don't know. From the director of Vague, Pointless, and the Sundance WTF jury prize winner Endless comes the latest in his meandering over Oblique. Is this man's Chinese theatre? I I don't know. Uh, that'll be thirty-two fifty. Exit curbside, please. Oblique. 37 completely unconnected people wandering the streets, shops, and kitchens of Los Angeles. They've never met. They're not going to meet. They have nothing to do with each other.
1: Do I know
2: you? I... I don't... No. If you don't need answers, but you're looking for a really pretentious way to kill an afternoon that'll sound good at hipster cocktail parties... Oblique. Now playing at three really smelly art house theaters nationwide.
1: Do you have a ticket? I... I don't... no. You don't?
2: Oblique. The film critics called opaque, but since we clearly don't even know what oblique means, we thought opaque might be a good thing, so we used it in this trailer. Shouldn't you see it? I don't know.
1: And we're back at the dinner party show with Christopher Rice and Derek Quinn, And our guests this evening are Jeffrey Self and Patrick McDonald. We have a comment on the Facebook page Uh-oh. from Regis Harden Jr. I am for scripted television. They did a Downton Abbey type reality show already. Oh, they put did real they? people in that situation in the 1800 house. I believe that's what it was called. I remember that show. I think it was either that or Pioneer House. Pioneer House. I know yeah. exactly what
5: you're talking about. Pioneer House. house. Do you also want to know Didn't something well. about that? What? The, it was a PBS special, it was a big deal. They put a lot of money into sending people to live the authentic life in the pioneer lifestyle. They did it for, like, four months, and these families had to undergo a big transformation and let go of everything in the modern century and, like, go live in these colonies. Oprah Winfrey did a big special on it, two right. episode on The Oprah Winfrey Show, uh, where her and Gail King went and lived with these families for three days, and wow. they completely let go of all modern technology and everything. And like they had to and wear hair the makeup. Under- makeup. It was incredible. <laughs> it was what, honestly, it was what that episode of the Oprah Winfrey Show is what spawned uh, the, the like the next season they did Oprah and Gail's big ad- road trip adventure, and which spot you know spot, they got in uh, snowballed into and like the, the whole west. behind the scenes show. That was what started it all. That behind the, that Pioneer House, and I think that that is what is the beauty in reality TV is you can make it. It doesn't have to be these like scripted like The Hills type of stuff. I think. Reality TV is a, is such a huge opportunity to showcase uh, interesting, you know, aspects of American civilization that the the general public doesn't get to see a lot. And that's uh, like Honey Boo Boo, for example. It showcases <laughs> and people. We to I, I, but it is it is it showcases a group of people and a huge voice and a huge presence in the country that doesn't get representation. And they relate; uh, they're very relatable and very uh, they, like transcendent into. Pop culture. I think the reason that people connect with them is because there's an authenticity about them, and there is a genuine feeling of, you know what? These people aren't lying to me. They're telling me the truth. They're telling me who they are. They're revealing themselves.
1: I'll tell you what there isn't in Honey Boo Boo, and I actually have seen every single episode, so I'm going to out myself. There isn't Welcome. that hysterical— overreaction, let's pick a fight about absolutely nothing to give this scene some sort of false sense of drama that yeah. there is isn't all the other reality right. shows. They don't like, need it. They, well, right, they don't need it because they're they allegedly being themselves. I hope they're being themselves because I hope it's not scripted that they put a blanket on their Thanksgiving dinner table that had a dog shit stain on it and didn't take it off because that was the moment with that show where I was like I don't yeah, know if no I can go any further than this. But it happened, so it did. But there's there, – there. James Walcott in Vanity Fair did a column a while back, and again, Eric and I talk about this a lot too. There is this reality generation emotional hysteria that's sort of leaking over into everyday reality where people and think politics. they have to have these big sort of camera-ready reactions to everything. And it's like yeah. it's not authentic and it's not yeah. genuine, and sometimes it's destructive too, you know, I, just to interpersonal relationships. Like – I think there's a lack of perspective on some of these shows. Like, I think if you took some of the Real Housewives shows into nations where they're, you know, struggling for food, you would look at how upset these women get about certain things and think, what is their problem?
5: Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And
1: that's always been the soap opera Promise though, right, is that you get to see really rich, privileged people deal with working class problems.
4: Yeah, it's there's yeah. it's nothing different between a reality show and all my children. I mean, yeah, right.
1: absolutely. It, yeah. yeah, I there's think except for the script, there's yeah. a script on all my children. There's a script, but, on, and,
4: and, and it, frankly, it's a little bit more, uh, more insane because you do get to write what happens and make it more interesting. But
1: was Jeffrey and Cole Casserole written? Did you guys script those sketches and then do them?
4: Yeah. Most of, yeah, I would say like mm-hmm. 90% of Jeffrey and Cole Casserole was scripted. Right. And the stuff that you and Brian do, is that ad None of that is scripted. Yeah, Yeah. yeah right. That's all improv. I mean, that's all just sort of like, you know, getting a seed of an uh, idea and sort of just. Trying that is like to the riff, funniest thing ever. The, the videos,
5: uh, like, uh, what do you think Blank is doing now? Uh, that is one of my favorite things Jeffrey does. I mean, and Brian Safi, who we despise no we, we love um, Brian Socci we really absolutely is love trash, all we do is love trash. to like just well Jeffrey does and i i, I get a big kick out of it it's just Jeffrey just talks mad shit about Brian Socci all the time horrible 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 and i think it's really funny but they do like they, they just Overweight. literally will have mm. the way they do those what do you think blank is doing now is they'll each come up with an in, like uh, with a lady mm-hmm. and, yeah we'll surprise the other one but they don't the that. other one doesn't yeah. know who it is so they're like bam who do you, what do you think uh, Patricia Richardson is doing right now. We haven't even done who, her, who but that's that? a good idea. Who you know? is Patricia Richardson? Home Improvement, honey, honey, honey. Honey, honey.
4: Isn't, isn't she the that one that on show? that?
2: She's on that show, The Center now. The Center. No,
5: she did. A... it that, that's, that's not a show. <laughs> she did that show like it was a nursing show. On that was that was
1: a. Oh, 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 Harper. No,
4: that was the
5: Jada Pinkett.
1: Patricia Heaton from Everybody Loves Raymond, I know thing. who she she's is. She doesn't believe in stem cell research. Who's that's the, right. She doesn't believe a lot.
4: Oh, that's right. Or gay marriage. those two shows. Yeah. Those are let's two not, different No, know. she believes
1: in gay marriage. She, she does? Said. Yes, she believes in gay okay. marriage. She's, yeah. but she's
4: a Catholic. She doesn't believe
1: in divorce. Oh, okay. <laughs> she doesn't well, I don't in believe divorce. in divorce either. That's why I'm never getting married. So, no, she, just kidding. Uh, you don't believe in No, but here's the thing. Here's
4: my problem with Hollywood.
1: Here we go. There's too many women
4: named Patricia. Yeah, that's a big issue. It's it's a really we us talk about them. Patricia and Clarkson,
5: and Patricia Heaton,
4: Patricia, yeah, Patricia Richardson, Patricia, Patricia Arquette. Yes. Yeah. And then, like you said, Jennifer. Oh my God. Too many Jennifers. Jennifer Alba, Jennifer Lopez, that's Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer uh, uh uh Hortensia. Can we talk yeah.
5: about Jennifer Aniston for a second? We can talk my about Jennifer extra. Aniston.
1: <laughs> we are going to have a short break. We have a special report from Jason <laughs> Bitters, our heterosexual <laughs> physical trainer, and then we and will be guest back. Guest appearance from G- Jennifer Hortensia. <laughs> that is not a first First time will be back to talk about the Jennifers <laughs> to and to the, the Patricias and the everybody else's. Here's Jason Bitters, heterosexual physical trainer.
2: And now, in keeping with the Dinner Party Show's commitment to celebrating absolutely everything about the human body that doesn't make a disgusting sound, we bring you our fitness expert, Jason Bitters, heterosexual physical trainer.
1: What's up everyone, I'm Jason Bitters, fitness expert dedicated to helping you maximize your physical potential as soon as you get your hand off my thigh. During my last visit, I talked about the importance of strengthening your core while asking me to bartend your pool party with no shirt on. This week, it's the truth about cardio. Here's the truth about cardio, talking is not cardio. Like what we do for the first 15 minutes of every session? That's not cardio. You'll know you're doing cardio when you're doing something that doesn't allow you to talk to me about whether or not some stupid everyday task is actually cardio. Real cardio is running. Real cardio is the treadmill or the stairmaster. Real cardio leaves you out of breath and completely incapable of trying to convince me to buy some of your friends new line of workout clothes because you know they're going to be so tight on me you'll be able to see the pores in my skin, okay? Real cardio is what happens when you stop going after guys who are completely unavailable and start getting real. Real cardio requires continuous exertion for at least 40 minutes at a stretch, unless you're doing interval training, which you're not going to do because it will involve pressing more than one button on the treadmill, which will distract you from hinting that I should add you on Facebook even though I don't add clients on Facebook, and I tell you every week that I'm thinking of shutting down my Facebook account altogether just to get you to stop asking. But if you're open to interval training, which you're not, Try two minutes at a jogging rate of 6.5, then drop it down to 3.2 for about one minute, then bring it up again and keep alternating. If you feel yourself running out of the breath you need to ask me more stupid questions, don't stop running so you can catch your breath. This will just cause you to ask me more stupid time-wasting questions. Or, on second thought, do stop running because the treadmill will keep going and you'll slam into the one behind you, which will probably knock the girl yammering into her cell phone about some non-existent movie deal into the back wall. And hey, we all need a little excitement in our lives now and then, right? Right. Oh, and no, falling flat on your face or causing other people to fall flat on their face does not count as cardio. What counts as cardio is the stuff I've been telling you to do as cardio for about five years now. So here, here's your good rule of thumb. If it's something you don't want to do, then it's cardio. So get to it. I'm Jason Bitters, and I hope these tips about cardio help you to improve your fitness regimen. More importantly, I hope I've opened your eyes to the reality of physical training.
2: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for dessert. Brought to you by your sister's new husband who's had way too much wine.
1: I mean, everybody's cheated at least once, right? I I, I mean, am I right?
2: The Dinner Party Show. Keep listening okay. if you've got the stomach for it. And we do. Do we? We have the stomach for it. Okay. And we're interested in hearing from the people who are listening. Any questions? This is your chance we to post have them on the Facebook page.
1: We have high engagement over our ongoing debate about reality television. Oh, yeah? Oh, Because yeah. yeah, I'm just going to
4: say, they, their listeners are probably a little till not into reality I get TV. it I get We've it We've got man. two New York Times bestselling <laughs> authors here <laughs> I understand
1: <laughs> we're met with resistance and I'm ready for it uh, Michael Minch says a friend of mine was on Survivor Samoa what Ooh. we saw was not how things went down <gasps> Who was the, his friend The cast was manipulated to heighten tension footage was edited to put certain people in a bad light and make them look stupid they had no fresh water or minimal basic food supplies like on previous seasons they suffered malnutrition and got sick <laughs> from drinking unclean water she came back a Physical, mental, and emotional wreck for what, he asks. Okay. Well, I
2: guess a million-dollar prize, right? Well. Isn't that what they
1: get? If they win, yeah. So we're talking about Survivor they now. They get nothing if they lose? And I fame. And fame. So for one work. thing, what I do like about well,
5: what that person just said ish. was it, it. they just speak for the integrity of Survivor, that they aren't given fresh water or food on that show. Let's just talk about competition reality shows. There are FCC regulations, and there are there is a representative from the FCC on location for any competitive reality show where there's a monetary prize involved. Case in point, Survivor. I love Survivor. I think it is incredible television. You get 16 people, throw them on an island, and – they have to create a society, and in order to survive, they have to form relationships with other people, or they'll be voted out. And that show, it's its so often, I'm curious to see who that friend was, because... Most often, the people that speak negatively about Survivor are the people that were voted off at the beginning. <laughs> the people that were voted so off at the beginning. what you're saying is this person's friend is full of shit. Well, prob- I mean, I don't know loser. who they were. I don't know who they were, but most of the time, the only, the only people that speak negatively about their experiences on Survivor are the people that were voted out near the beginning. And, you know, they might be bitter.
1: I uh, met Tina Wesson, who won Survivor Outback. I was Wesson. a big Survivor fan. I'm currently in recovery from my Survivor addiction. And I said, Tina, what was the hardest oh thing about the experience? and she said, starving. Starving. She said, we were literally starving Mm. the whole time. Now, she wasn't commenting on what rations were available for safety reasons,
5: but that was her statement. Tina did it. Well, first of all, just to give you an insight on my relationship with Tina Wesson, I had a a picture of her (laughs) in my my locker in ninth grade. I was in ninth grade when Survivor, the Australian Outback, premiered season two of Survivor, and I had a picture of her in my locker, I loved her. She was from Nashville, Tennessee. She was just a nurse. I loved her, and she won that season. Back then, they did. They gave them a lot more food than they do now. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot harder now. Um, and she did Survivor All Stars, and she was subsequently the now f- very first person voted now they do deal of meal Now, Survivor
1: All Stars was what what ended it for that me. That
5: was the last. That was season. Eight. Yeah,
1: I couldn't do it after Survivor. Because here's what would happen on Survivor. They would do Survivor, and then they would come back for the reunion show, right. and everything would be okay. And you would yeah. be given the illusion that it had all been in the past, and it was fine. They came back for the All-Stars reunion show, and, and they were not on. okay. Yes, They were psychologically damaged. They were <clears> fighting. <throat> people were walking off. It, didn't, so have, the, it didn't have the sense of having been orchestrated. It was people had been
5: fucked up by this. Exactly. And I couldn't watch the well, show Well, that anymore. was what was so beautiful about that scene. I mean, well, I mean, I love emotionally
1: damaged. I I love them bringing
5: back previous players on Survivor, but let's talk about that for a second. That was the first season they had ever brought anyone back, and it, it melted people down. We had one of the like we talked about it during a commercial, Jenna Maraska. She was a winner of Survivor Amazon, and then she randomly on the th- like fourth or fifth day started getting this weird feeling. Her mother had cancer, and she was like, I have these premonitions, my mom has cancer, I need to leave. She tells Jeff Probst, you know what, I'm quitting the game, and he's like, is this because you can't handle it or what? And she was like, no, I handled it last time. I need to leave because I got this feeling. Anyway, she leaves, and her mom dies two days later. It was crazy. Everyone thought that was like oh, my God, that's the craziest thing that's going to happen this year. Two episodes later, you get bum, Susan bum, bum. Hawk, who gives us season one, if you remember Survivor, the most groundbreaking season of reality television ever. She was the one who gave us the, <laughs> the imp, rat
1: and the, snake. the rat and snake. It's a choice between the Kelly, rat or the snake. If, I was, if yeah. you
5: were lying in the desert dying of thirst, I wouldn't give you a drink of water. That yeah. was that woman. And she then sat there. One challenge said that that Richard Hatch, that naked guy on the All-Star season, got naked and brushed up against her. And then she melted down. And that was what was so good about that season because you had these people— who are regular, no like normal See, but people? But that is my problem with all of
2: this as a genre. If real life was interesting, we wouldn't need television or radio or books or movies. But that's what all. it was. Real life is not interesting. Those people are not interesting. I they don't are. Well, care. They're interesting. They're in- I don't care what any of
5: them do. I don't care if they're nasty to each other. I don't care about all of these people. I just they may not be interesting people in their daily lives, but they're... when you pluck them from those lives and throw them together, they are because then you ended up with Susan Hawk, who then said. I like just they're uh, not I just—they're
2: not interesting.
1: It's I always don't see an engineered it. situation designed to bring out their worst and their lowest common or to, or attributes. To, or and as and,
2: and our, our viewer pointed out, I or think to bring art,
1: them more. as
5: are in this terrible. Uh, place. I disagree. So how did there. you
1: two meet? But <laughs> well, let me just <laughs> say this about
5: Susan Hawk. <laughs> let me get this out because it is not. It is, it isn't. It is her being actually interesting because she's put in this situation where you wouldn't see that. You wouldn't see that from her in any other situation other than being on that island. And she... Freaked out and said it like you know this guy brushed up against her during a challenge and he was naked. Well, I saw. uh, We don't need to relive. But listen, here's the thing that I think (laughs) for 20 years there's
1: a lot that spawned off of this whole reality television thing that I don't think is good. There was a genre of movies called torture porn that happened a few years ago, which are now petering out. Where the whole the whole hook in the movie was that you would watch people be tortured to death, and I don't think it's that far off thematically for what we're showing up for with this reality television stuff. Like I think putting a woman who may be Nice in her everyday life into a situation where you're starving her, dehydrating her, and then forcing her to have this completely. I saw that, and she was ridiculous. I don't know what she was talking about. The guy didn't rub up against her; it was a complete overreaction. The woman (laughs) was out of her mind. She had been starved, and there's something about there was that whole season where I was like, "This is too much. This is just too far for me." You know, like I just couldn't do it anymore.
5: That's the point. It wasn't the fact that he did it, but it was her reaction. Right. But here's
1: our approach to this as people who, as Eric and I, like scripted. Stuff is that what we try to do is write stories in which people are thrown into those situations of sort of hardship and scarcity and react in an exceptional way. Right. And I never see that on reality television. Right. That is what we turn to drama for, is that, you know, like the stakes are high and you make a choice that's about self-sacrifice or um, the community or to something the like that. As right, to right. Surprised. I don't know, though, right.
5: but I mean, like, you don't feel like when when a situation like Jenna Marasco was involved, being out leaving her family this mother who was dying of cancer and then being thrown into this game where she had already won it but being out there on this island and then having a realization it, being like you know what oh my god maybe my mother needs me okay, and, and, do you have these like, that feelings is dynamic? That's compelling. on The
2: Price is Right because it's the same. thing. Well, we thing. don't get to know them as well. What, but it's the same thing. So, do, would the prices right? Should we spend time with people in line and edit together what they're talking about in the
5: studio like that? It well, is no more, if that was about that. If that's what that but, show but was that about, is, then but that maybe. is no
2: more revelatory of what's actually happening to those people than putting them on an island. That's just a competition. It, it isn't it isn't really happening to them they
5: are choosing to it isn't really happening but, but what happens to them when they're put in that situation is dynamic and compelling and that's why i think people want to watch right. it right and
2: what i love about scripting is that i take something and i present a heightened reality right. and then i have people react based on their human nature and maybe overcoming their their personal flaws but right. it is not it is not me being subjected to somebody being Franken-bit together to present some version of them that some producer thinks might be interesting to me of their participation in some sort of completely gend up competition. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think my only complaint is the amount of it.
5: The like, amount you, of a right. producer in...
1: in no, like, the amount of the product the itself the product in the marketplace. It's yeah. slowly taking over everything else because, as we said earlier, it's so easy to produce. The financial risk of it is so low and right. primarily you don't have to pay the talent very much money if any. which is sort of like union busting when you look at acting as a profession and it I is. think that's why you were talking earlier about the disdain actors have for it that's where it comes from you're being replaced by a model who will do anything for no money and who doesn't do I not think at the end of the day, at the
5: end of the day, though, I think the reason that people keep coming back to it and want to watch it is because yes, you are going to have producers uh, influencing these situations, but at the end of the day, if you have these cameras rolling on interesting people, you're going to have moments that are unpredictable and that you never could have even planned for. That are going to be dynamic that people are going to want to watch. So I just feel like,
2: which is why the ratings for all reality program are slowly declining across the board. Like, I mean,
5: not American not, Idol is down I mean, American again Idol's this year down because it's right. a it's a tired brand. But at the same time, you look at Honey Boo Boo, who has the best ratings on cable. But how do those compare with? The,
2: people? But how did those ratings compare with? You know, top-rated shows.
5: I think they're better rated, better than like the like some of the like Walking Dead stuff now, aren't they? I, I, like
2: I can imagine because yeah, I mean, well, like, the zombie show is once again.
1: They'll get us started on zombies. <laughs> oh <God>. The other <laughs> thing, Eric. The only right. thing Eric gets more than
4: reality is zombies. Right? I hate zombies. and yeah. yeah. I love reality. We aren't that yeah. that big on zombies. Either. Boring.
2: Yeah. Like the the dullest criminals in the world. They have no mind. They can't they but can't right. scheme or plot but that's or anything. Kind of that...
4: also again, if we're going to get deep, like playing into where we are as a society, like we are zombies to some degree, right? Well,
2: I've I, always seen it as a way of our being able to shoot each other in the Ahead. Yes, without there being consequences, yes. like it's that sort of like I I, di- I it's still a person, but I have turned him into something that I'm allowed to just blow
1: away because totally. I'm so annoyed with people. Yes. That's yeah, it's a good point. And I have to say the show definitely I was a fan of The Walking Dead for the first 3 seasons because it wasn't focused on the zombies, it was focused on the survivors and yes. we didn't see the zombies very much. Oh, and the fans of the graphic novel revolted and said, "Why are you cutting out all the zombie stuff?" and I'm saying like every episode after that moment opened with Something being driven Through a zombie's eye And I said I'm done I can't do this and yeah. I guess yeah. Look, can I ask you guys diorology? That's yeah. yeah,
5: I'm just I'm very curious What is your I want to ask you individually What are your favorite shows On TV right now Your number one Favorite show
1: Southland is one Yeah, yeah. Southland yeah. is right up there uh, The following Mm-hmm. I want to watch the show. Everybody is
2: really Kevin Williamson, loving the following. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the love I think a and it's and it's the best of the Kevin Williamson. It's like his brand. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the yeah. guy I who brought Meta to heart.
5: like changed my life. Yeah. Right, yeah. I, I know what you did last genius. summer. It was such a formative because it's about the writing. Totally. Yeah, exactly. He's it's the same things right, um, and they they have the the serial
2: killer having conversations with the FBI guy about writing about yeah. because the serial killer is literally structuring the murders Along literary
1: lines. Well, they're brilliant. Like It's thing, brilliant. Yeah. It is really a brilliant show. And it the show's doing it really well. I It's hope doing so. incredibly well, and it calls them to, we could do a whole show about ratings and how they're calculated. The show is saying that they are averaging 20 million viewers once you do all the math, once you add in what they call the, the Live 7, then right. the Live 14, right. then the YouTube downloads and the other downloads. They're saying they're averaging about 20 million viewers, which is like Super Bowl numbers, yeah. But if you ask the Nielsens, they're saying 14... During the night of the airing, we were just talking At about
5: this, this point, last night. It's so hard with, with digital yeah. now. With you have DVR who are these you, have, you know. Well, actually, it's very time.
1: interesting. I have a friend who works for the Nielsen company, and they are selected, and they are selected from census data, can and you then get they have sense. Nielsen We want to be a Nielsen, family. right, so that we can yeah. contribute. You and it's can't
4: a, be a Nielsen person if you work in the business. So you can't. Yeah. I can be a Nielsen person. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: We wanted to talk well, some before we run out of time. So. Before we run out of time, Jeffrey, you recently you reunited with Cole, your partner from Jeffrey and Cole Casserole, yes. and you Woo! went to New Orleans to shoot a movie. Tell we us shot about a movie that. in the in in your childhood in my home. hometown. Can't well, wait. it's a weird
4: place where you grew oh, up. It's yeah, very. Strange. I will say where we stayed in the central business
1: district, the CBD. CBD. It was style. very <laughs>
4: dirty, very 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 dirty. A lot of litter, and that 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 annoyed me. Jeffrey
5: yeah. would call me or leave me a text every morning and be like. Uh, I stepped over a homeless man or a drunk man. I'm not sure which. It's like this is why I left Manhattan on my doorstep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
4: but it was fun. We the movie is called Ladies Man. It's going to be on <laughs> M- MTV. How did you get appropriate. That we are not the ladies man. Are we you are, the ladies? We are not even the ladies. Wow. We are gays who host a talk show on campus and we sort of narrate the story. We're sort of the. Greek chorus, if you will, which probably
2: they were gay too. Probably, <laughs> oh no, for sure. Greek if you're
4: Greek and, and yeah. you're you're in a chorus, chorus you're, a, you're gay. a gay person. The original
2: chorus boys, yeah.
4: So it's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, I think the movie's actually really funny. It's directed by the guy. Uh, well, if y'all are in it, it's certainly that part oh. will be
5: funny. Spring well, it's dir- it's
4: directed by the guy who did Spring Breakdown, that movie with Parker Posey and Amy Poehler. I love, I love Parker Posey uh, so and Kristen so Cavallari and
5: from The Hills. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's uh, and we're, we're back. <laughs> and it's very uh, committed, yeah, it's, you guys.
5: I'm committed. He is committed, clearly. Uh,
4: but it's good. I think it's. I, I hope think, you don't I think get it's fun. better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but be yeah, it's really when does it come on the movie? I think in April. I don't 100
1: percent know.
4: <laughs> well, you should come back when it's time to. I will we'll promote the movie I've, I've, here. I've asked them when it's coming on, but I, they haven't told me. But uh, they called me the other day and asked for my bio for the website, so I assume that means the so movie is something coming. Something must up be soon. happening. Right. Absolutely. I and mean, I think it's the,
5: funny. Th- like isn't that the weirdest thing when people when someone asks you, "Hey, can we get a bio for you?" and you have to like write your own bio?
1: Oh, I'm great at
4: Isn't it.
5: Isn't that? Are you? I mean, yeah. like it's, it's. I'm really good
1: at it too.
4: I yeah. just
5: I always have like such a I, hard well, time with that.
4: I, all I want is to sit down and write about myself.
1: It yeah.
2: becomes yeah, ultimately. But you that's have to write about yourself in like right. a vo- like right. the voice of, of
1: someone yourself, else. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I love to write fake bios. After curing <laughs> cancer, Christopher moved on to puppetry and dance. <laughs> <laughs> After you leaving know? the Golden Girls as showrunner,
4: Jeffrey <laughs> Self.
5: Like basically when like I like that what I was about that thing with Danny Roberts the they like we did this show on Logo and they were like oh we need a bio for you and like I I was like thinking about it and I was uh, honestly I was like what would I say if I was being completely honest and I wasn't trying to like build it up right now I'd be like something about the Real Housewives honestly I'm sitting I was like I'm sitting here Uh, Patrick spends most of his time watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and googling uh, real uh, googling Lisa Vanderpump angry or like just seeing screen caps of it. Or you know, like you just you would come up with something. Yeah, no if you, were you being don't honest, really go, it would you don't not go real. True. This is the land of illusion and bios are all about spin. I
1: love the the hardcore theater bios in the playbill that you see there oh. are nothing but credits with yeah. semicolons. It's just like <laughs> wasn't every production of Oklahoma ever oh, done so in Connecticut. Weird. Yeah, it's like You go to New Jesus. York and those
4: bios are literally like stage. TV,
1: <laughs> film, <and> film. He <laughs> was the lead in, and yeah. semicolons. Semicolon, Once semicolon. again, missing yeah, the point. there's no there's yeah. no
4: language but credits. It's yeah. literally like yeah. uh, Law and Order, girl on drugs. <laughs> um, yeah, Ho- exactly. Homeland, terrorist. third guy from the left. Yeah. schizophrenic debutante. Third guy from the left. What is Velma? I
5: would like to know, just out of curiosity. Uh, you know, you have a lot to say about primetime television. What are your What is your favorite daytime television show? <clears throat>
1: Yeah, they're not going to have one.
5: Are you guys into daytime TV I'm trying or to so? think of anything Were you that I watch at the gym on... during the day. Oh, well, no. Um, yes, yeah. I watch I The Daily watch... Show during daytime the day. Is but daytime is daytime, night, daytime so TV. I'm more interested in daytime TV than sure I am clown. Well,
1: I have friends who work in soap, so I have some friends on The Young and the Restless so and hopefully be guests it. on the show. I want love it, love to it, I want to it. CBS daytime.
5: CBS daytime is really great. That's right. I work at the talk. I know you work at the talk. Yes. I love I love CBS daytime's got it going on right now. I just got to say just a plug for my ladies. I mean, the view—it's you know—it's just so talk. tired at this yeah. point. And like, right. I just think what's great about the talk is that they are five ladies who are actually having a really good time. The, the, right. I, I was
2: gonna say and that they're like, doing the, like the view is about arguing know, with each all, other. If you and watch the view else, now, it's
5: just like yeah. you no, know, like we're tired of watching these women like get on and struggle through it. That it's, being said, we love Whoopi Goldberg. We, we love do, her, and we but, always will. But but
4: but you know, we've all been around people who hate each other. We all grew up with families. And... <laughs>
5: <laughs> and we're all from the south. Yeah,
4: and exactly. and that's what the view is now. It's just like a yeah, group of women who hate each other. And my worst nightmare. Or not. My
1: worst nightmare is having the plot of a really complicated movie explained to me by Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Oh my it's god, it's like a oh recurrent nightmare. Can you wait a minute. Wait, and then wait, wait. It's wait. like they're dreaming, but we they're not time. dreaming, don't and don't there's a thing. Blah blah blah. blah.
5: <laughs> We don't. Are we running out of time? We I, are running out of can time. Can we say something about Elizabeth Hasselbeck? Absolutely, back? but only if it's nasty. Well, f- well, it's well, not. It's, uh, okay. But that's the thing. Another thing. You're not Another gonna, have, you're about, not gonna like, have time, guys. I think Elizabeth Hasselbeck's <laughs> great. One time, I was at the View and like I got to have <laughs> like a Elizabeth little like Hasselbeck? conversation with her about gay marriage and stuff. And you know what? She has always been like so adamantly opposed by like Perez Hilton made her Eliza- hashtag Elizabeth. And, like, all this negative stuff. But she's always been—she's a conservative person, and that's great, whatever. But she's always been very vocal for her support of equal rights. And I went to The View, uh, like, a year and a half, maybe two years ago, before I worked at The Talk. And I was like, Elizabeth, I just want to thank you for always supporting gay rights. Mm. And she came up to me after the show and was like, Patrick, what you—like, that that really meant a lot to me. You know, I really get a lot of crap a lot for, you know, being this Republican person. And she was so— so genuine and so real and i was like well i just hope you know that there are people out there that like know that hear you when you say that kind of stuff I and no- then somebody I don't know that much about but her. but then somebody like some Not pa walked up to me up for her as I was, as i was walking out of the show some pa walked up to me and said hey i just want to thank you for like it, this wasn't on the air i said this to her like this after the show and he was like i wanted to thank you for saying that in front of those people because i and this is a gay guy that worked on the show and he was like i've worked here for like 3 years and she is by far the most Nice to me and like gets to know, like wants to know me so and talks you, to me. Knows about my life more than of the anyone way else. That she
2: treated her friend Rosie on the air. I don't think she treated her friend. Rosie She
5: refused. They had a big argument about I that, know, and that was a big moment she in my life. Drew to her best friend that was under major, the bus. C- That was a major. That was a major conflict. Her best friend under the but bus. But she didn't. She said
1: you need to defend your Rosie. insinuations, which is a ridiculous I love Rosie. statement. She wouldn't she up for her friend.
5: She said you need to. You said they asked you, "What do you think about that on that show?" And she. said said you need to defend your own accusations and you know what i i felt for both of them in that argument i don't think either one of them are right and i think that that elizabeth had a point you know she was like you know what you say these these bold statements and if you want to clarify yourself back them up like i i don't think that was a wrong thing for her to do i think that they clashed Politically, and it wasn't going to get anywhere from there. But I, 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 I think
2: people have different views politically. I don't mind that yeah, she's a conservative. I think Elizabeth is, thing is a she's good ever person. Done that upset me was she threw her friend under the bus. But she did. I,
1: I don't think she said accusations. I think she said insinuations, which is an impossible statement. The, the to quote. To. I mean,
5: I've. I mean, I will tell you that I've watched that fight from Elizabeth and I'm Rosie sure a million times. And the the quote is, "I'm sorry, Rosie. Defend your own accusations." And the point was that. Rosie felt like she was hurt because, because Elizabeth didn't, didn't speak out for her on those shows. And the way Elizabeth felt was, you know what? You've called me out on a lot of my stuff, so I don't want to—I I don't feel like I should have to defend you when, when you haven't been defending me. And, you know, I, I feel like I can look at both of their POVs and understand it. and. Okay.
1: Well, the important point is I still don't want her explaining the plot of a complicated movie to me. It's just a recurring nightmare. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. You'll uh, have to we come want come you to hang out, out afterwards out so we can get a picture with you guys in the lobby. We would love that. We're both going to talk at once. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, yes, come back when your movie yes. is up. And now we have another special installment of our ongoing series, Best Served Warm.
2: And now, in keeping with the Dinner Party Show's commitment to community enrichment, it's time for another in our ongoing series of public service announcements featuring the people who make the Dinner Party Show what it is. Best Served Warm. This is the Reverend Graham Crackers for Best Served Warm. Have you felt that your completely unjustified, unreasonably negative opinions about what you think or believe someone else should be doing is being dismissed? Do you feel minimized when you object to the lifestyles of other people that don't align with your random and arbitrary religious rules? Are your efforts to legislate and enforce your moral code on people who don't agree with you being challenged by others who expect the same treatment under the law that you enjoy? Then you may have been a victim of anti-bullying. We are all entitled to our opinions, and those who don't agree with us shouldn't get all uppity when we point out how what they believe and how they want to live is wrong. We are just trying to prevent them from going to hell. What could be nicer than that? So if you feel that anything anyone says or does doesn't support the white male Christian values on which this country was founded and that never come up unless we want to make someone who is not one of those three things or heterosexual do something we think they should do, you should join my anti-anti-bullying campaign. You know as well as I do, if Jesus was alive today, he'd throw the first stone. He would. He would. But what am I talking about? I'm talking about you becoming a crusader for bullies' rights. I'm talking about you joining my first stones for Jesus. Anti, anti bullion campaign today. Help me, help Jesus, bend this country back into the shape we think it should be. And that's advice that's best served warm, and that's what I'm talking about!
0: Do
1: you want to dance? Yeah! Wow. What an wow. excellent show! What an excellent show! We debated everything that's happening in our culture, everywhere and everywhere and everything. And it was—it was. I'm exhausted.
2: Certainly covered reality. We Welcome really to Christopher did. and Eric's
1: reality television we radio show. We were called show. to task for our opinions about reality television with somebody who loves it passionately yeah. and knows. I think everybody who works in it. And we also had Jeffrey Self here, who talked about his new book, uh, Fifty Shades of Gay. which is And we is didn't available get around to the question, but we'll see
2: if we can't get him to post the answer to the question about um, his involvement
1: with the cover on
2: absolutely. our Facebook page later on.
1: Absolutely. And next week we will be back with another two-hour live cast, our regular format as I like to call it. Our guest will be Barrett Foa, one of the stars of NCIS I Los Angeles. I love that
2: show so much.
1: And he's bringing one of his good friends with him, the Broadway star Shoshana Bean. I'm looking forward to
2: meeting yeah, her. Yeah, absolutely. She was Alphaba, right? She in played Alphaba
1: in Wicked on Broadway. She didn't originate the role that was, um, I remember her name is blanking, so she's obviously the more important one. <laughs> she's the one coming on our she's show. She's the one coming on our show, and Adina Menzel is not. That's who originated the role. And her album, Shoshana Bean's album, uh, was released earlier this month, so we'll have that for sale How in our cool store is as that? Well. <laughs> So anyway, thanks for hanging in there for us with one of our most exciting shows to date. Lots to talk about afterwards. Absolutely. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to The Dinner Party Show. Join us here again next week, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at thedinnerpartyshow.com.
2: Thanks.